with the NBA playoffs coming back, something we're going to be seeing a lot is every player's fresh new cut. But you know what else needs a fresh new cut? Your lawn. That's why you should hit up Tavon's Lawn Care. Tavon's Lawn Care LSC is a black family-owned business located in York, Pennsylvania. Tavon's Lawn Care, or TLC for short, since they provide each job with tender love and care, has been in business for over 10 years. Founded by owner Tavon Parker, TLC aims to provide employment for underprivileged youth while providing great service at a reasonable rate. Visit Tavon's Lawn Care LLC or Tavon's Lawn Care on Facebook and Instagram to view their portfolio and request your cost-free quote today. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Cooper. I'm joined by your other host, Mike Badzit. How you doing, man? Doing good. Um, I just... Can I go on a rant before we even start today? Before go we ahead, even man. get into anything? Get it going. Get us started. I just... I, um, I, I just want to say, fuck everybody on Twitter who is saying... We owe Carmelo Anthony an apology. (laughs) I do not owe, I do not owe Carmelo Anthony an apology. Let me, let me at least, let me run this down how this works, guys, in sports. If you haven't talked about sports before in your life, when stuff happens, you say, what is happening? Carmelo Anthony went to Oklahoma City and Houston, and he was fucking terrible. He was garbage, okay? He was garbage. For two or three years now, he has been trash, okay? And now he has lost a bunch of weight. He's clearly been working on his game. He's good now. He, he looks good. He looks great in the bubble. The bubble has looked fantastic for Carmelo Anthony. And I'm a huge Melo guy, okay? Like, I was like a Knicks fan growing up for a while there where, when him and Amari were going and then eventually Amari left. Like, I was a Knicks guy. And I was huge on Carmelo. I got – three Nuggets Carmelo jerseys and the Knicks, okay? Like, big Carmelo guy. But guess what? He went to Oklahoma City and he went to Houston. He sucked, okay? And everybody said, this guy sucks right now. Like, we can't have him on our team. Every GM looked at each other and said, it's really tough to give this guy a chance. Portland did. Good for Portland. They were able to see the future that he is a professional. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going to get himself back in shape. And that's exactly what happened. He got himself back in shape. And now he's, he's really good again. But don't tell me that I owe him an apology for saying he sucked when he sucked. This is like what we do across sports. Like, this is like NFL quarterbacks, right? Like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins last year. Kirk Cousins has never wins playoff games. Never. Never wins playoff games, right? Right. And what do people say about him? He doesn't win the big game. We talk about Kirk Cousins. Oh, he can't win the playoff game. He beats the Saints last year. You guys, you guys were saying that Kirk Cousins couldn't win a playoff game. Well, he didn't win any. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, so I'm just saying, like, I, I'm over this on Twitter with you guys talking about Carmelo. I'm, I feel happy for Carmelo. Let me, let me leave it there. I feel very happy for Carmelo. I'm happy that he's back doing his thing, okay? I'll just leave it there. Sorry. Sorry to get it going like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. We uh, we should have saved this 
for a separate video. But <laughs> <laughs> we literally just talked about this. This would have been a great debate video. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, um, Melo's been great. He was not good in Oklahoma City and Houston, I agree. I think he yeah. got too much blame, though. He was playing with some ball-dominant guards, and I think True. relegated to a spot-up shooter. So I think that plays into it. But, yeah, he was bad. He was bad. Um, I don't think he should have been out the league as long as he was. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So, surprisingly not – I mean, surprisingly, our podcast today is not about basketball. Yeah, <laughs> We're sorry. actually, uh, for the first time in a while, going to talk about some football today. Yeah. Uh, and the first time ever, we're going to talk about fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasy drafts are happening actively all over the place, even though we're not 100% sure there's going to be an NFL season. We're yeah. going to assume that there is for the sake of our episode today. Yeah. And uh, talk a little fantasy. And today we're going to get into sleepers and busts mm-hmm. uh, at these, obviously, the the positions that matter, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We're going to give you two of each of those um, to look out for in your upcoming fantasy drafts. My thing is, a word of advice, I've been playing fantasy football since seventh grade. So mm. I would say been wow 13 years now so oh my word of advice is <laughs> wait as long as you possibly can to have your draft especially this yeah. year um because uh, you know who even knows what happens in training camp i don't even think there's going to be a preseason i don't know how that's going to work so. what, yeah. yeah i don't think there's a preseason so you don't really have that to go on so really uh, you're you're going to want to look for like local training camp um, you know, news and things like that about players to look out for. Cause that's where you find sleepers. Sleepers win fantasy leagues yep. to late round picks are the Dedrick Turner won our league in the Oaks last year. And he got Marquise. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Super late in the draft. And he turned out to be the number one receiver. So that's kind of stuff that wins you fantasy leagues. A couple years mm-hmm. ago, I won it. I drafted Batram Holmes as a backup. He turned out to be the best quarterback in the league. So his first year as a starter. So that's, that's the kind of stuff okay. that does it. Kind of stuff yeah. that does it. So uh, that's why what we're going to tell you today is important in case you didn't already know. So we're going to start at the QB position. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, give me one of your sleepers this year at the quarterback position. Yeah, and, and just to touch on what, what you're saying there about, you know, the late-round guys and the free agent pickups, like, yeah, like, yeah, fantasy football. It's been, we've been doing this a while now, and every season that I look back on and I think of, like, the seasons I won or whatever, like, I, it's hardly a guy that I drafted that I'm like – you know, I remember the one season, Le'Veon Bell – was appealing in a suspension and I drafted him pretty early when they thought he was going to be suspended and he, and he appealed it till next season. And then that worked out. Like, I remember that, but yeah. really I think most of them are like free agent pickups. Like I remember some like miles Austin, like oh, uh, trading Brandon Jacobs for Andre Johnson was like one of the first ones I did. That was like, that was who great. did that? That was, like, and- that, no, that was like, Andre Johnson was like in his like second year in the league. Like oh, this was, oh, okay. This okay. that was like that might have been my first year ever playing fantasy, like oh, okay, two thousand and four or something crazy. But like, yeah, it's always like the midseason moves or the late round picks that that help you win. Because really, you know, the top guys, it's tough to to get an advantage. Um, 
Now, this is kind of one of the you know reasons of we we're transitioning to an auction draft this year in our league, and a lot of it is like you know if I really like a guy, but if I'm not in the right snake order, then I want to take him. Well, then I will do an auction draft, and it kind of makes sense. So let me get into some guys here for the quarterback position. You know, and I wanted to say this guy first. I, I don't think he's a sleeper, so I won't count him as a sleeper. Uh, but I really think Kyler Murray could be the number one quarterback this year. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you're counting him as a sleeper. Uh, he's he's ranked like usually I think three through five on most sites probably. Yeah. Um, but I but listen. So I I will just name him as my first sleeper. He's, I know he's ranked high, but let me just let me just say him. And why he could be the number one quarterback, like almost a Lamar Jackson type season of last year, is what is definitely possible. I think I think he actually has a better arm than Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the the questions are more like he's very small. Like yeah. he's five foot nine. I don't know if that that probably is generous. They, you know, I don't think <laughs> he's you know he's listed as the same height as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson looks a lot bigger uh, if yeah. you just are watching them both. But here's the thing: like Cliff Kingsbury came in last year. And we thought that they were going to have this air raid and it was going to be like college football, Big 12, and they were just going to pass, 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 pass. Yep. Um, they started doing that in the beginning of the year. And then I think he learned some things from San Francisco and maybe watching from Baltimore from across the way uh, and about running. And running seems like it's almost a market overcorrection uh, where like, like and this just happens in sports sometimes where you know, like before there was like normally a good balance run pass and then it was like pass, 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 pass. Like everyone is doing this passing revolution. The guys are throwing 50 passes a game and some teams are still doing that. But now it seems like there's this market correction where some teams are figuring out, well, all these teams are loading up on defense to go against all this passing. We've got real opportunities to run the ball now. And I think a lot of teams are having success doing that. And Kyler Murray in Arizona's office, Clint, Cliff Kingsbury apparently figured that out, and he ran the ball a crap ton uh, yeah. with an array of backs. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if – I think last year they wanted maybe to get Kyler involved in some of that stuff, uh, but with him being a rookie and being so small, I think that they kind of were just like, let's let's at least try to protect him this year and get as many games as he can. I think they might uh, expose themselves. and maybe a full offseason. Now, obviously, an offseason that has been – you know, had some had some ends cut off of it because of everything going on and the preseason might not be existent. So you wonder where they're going to get to work. But I wouldn't be surprised if almost like Baltimore did with Lamar and they just said, like, screw what we had. Let's scrap it and let's put in a whole new offense based around, uh, you know, a running quarterback who can also pass inside the numbers. Uh, and I think that Cliff Kingsbury might do that with Kyler Murray. It sounds like they're going to based on where they're trending from last year. So I would probably have Kyler Murray as my biggest QB. Like if he's there in the second, if you're doing a snake draft and he's there in the second, third round, depending on the type of scoring you have, I might, I might, I might grab him. Uh, the injury risk is the biggest thing, but you know, he really hasn't been injured in his career very much, not in Oklahoma or anything. He's just small. So, so you get scared, but I really like Kyler Murray. Agreed. I was, uh, I actually wrote Kyler Murray's name down was the first yeah. quarterback that I wrote down. And then I'm like, okay, well, hold on. He finished top 10 last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, is that really a sleeper? Cause 
I feel like it's it, not. So it's not. It's not. I just want to talk about it. But if you're if you're sleep if you mean by sleeper like someone who should be drafted higher than what his ADP is right now for those listening that's average draft position, um, then yeah, he he qualifies. So um, in that case, you, you think he should be one of the you know possibly the top quarterback in fantasy. He's not being drafted as that. So sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I had and. It's someone that we've talked about on our only two other football episodes that we've done. Cam Newton. Yes, I'm on the Cam Newton train. (laughs) And it's a, and the reason I I have him is because he's a low risk option. You know what I mean? Like there's really, you can probably get him. You can probably not draft him and have him high on a waiver wire list um, to, because I think there's, I think there's almost no chance if a healthy Cam Newton doesn't win this job in New England. Um, he he looks healthy, at least, you know, in, in yeah. the videos and stuff like that that he's posting. He looks healthy. Um, and I get it. He's 31, but, like, he's probably coming into the most, like, healthy environment yep. that he's Absolutely. ever been in. You know, um, Carolina has never had a system ever, like, Belichick and the Patriots so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know all he really needs to do at this point is win the job and you know go from there so I like Cam Newton you can yeah. you might not even have to use a draft pick on him that's the biggest reason that I like him and you know or he could be a draft and stash guy that you probably you know wait and see what he does in the first couple of weeks and then you know you could end up with the not MVP Cam Newton, but you could end up with certainly a quality starter Mm -hmm. um, for someone that you took so late in the draft. So I had Cam Newton. The second person I had is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. I think Daniel Jones is ready for, to take a leap in his sophomore year. So he was, he looked really good as in, you know, in certain spots, Granted, mostly against bad teams last mm-hmm. year. Uh, but I think he has a good supporting cast. He's got, you know, Saquon Barkley out of his backfield. And he's got legs. So I think that's an underrated part of his game is that he can run and he's very mobile. So yeah. that helps with the bad, um, you know, offensive line that he ha- that they have. Um, but it, it also adds fantasy value. So – I think that's something that makes him a sleeper. So, and I think he has potential. Like, I think he can make all the throws for the most part. Um, You know, I think he has potential as an actually good quarterback. So, you know, I think, again, another guy who who you could possibly not even use a draft pick on that could end up being, you know, a starter at some point in the season – depending on how things go. But I had, I took a shot. I like Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones. Um, Danny Dimes. So he, you know, he had a pretty good showing in his rookie year. And I think he definitely surprised a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes another leap. Uh, We'll we'll see. I mean, sometimes not always the best situation in there with the Giants and their coaching staff and everybody. So hopefully it's all like, you know, pretty pretty stable environment i like it i like the cam newton one uh probably gonna be the best offensive line he's ever had i think that matters a lot for him absolutely one year deal one year deal so and i don't i can't imagine unless he wins the super bowl or i guess 
even makes a deep run in the playoffs, I can't imagine that they're going to bring him back for a second year. Maybe they do. Maybe they do if he, if he has a really good season. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were okay with saying, oh, let's run his wheels off. Let's, let's run him into the ground a little bit and get a lot of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. The yeah. second guy I had, I have two that I really couldn't decide on. Um, so something I, I like to look for a lot is bounce back guys. Maybe like in, so in 2018, they had a really good season. 2019 was down. And then 2020, you look for a bounce back. So I, I will just say one I had who, for that was Jared Goff, who I think, um, I think that they figure some stuff out, probably will have more health at wide receiver this year. Um, so I, I like a good season for Jared Goff. My other sleeper that I was going to talk about is Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, as a Pittsburgh fan, that kind of hurts to to say that I'm <laughs> expecting a nice season. But here's the thing: got you know he had the weapons last year, and you know we looked at it last year coming in, and we say, "Wow, like this is going to be great!" Like the expectations are huge for this guy, and they were huge, and maybe that maybe they should have been huge. But you know, now it's like looking back, and we're kind of like, "Well, they didn't really have that good of an offensive line." Freddie Kitchens is. I don't know how to put it nicely, but Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> we, we know what we know what Freddie Kitchens was. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know when you factor in those things, looking back, you're like, well, yeah, you kind of see how he would struggle in his second year. Now coming into his third year, I think he's out of excuses. They address the offensive line needs uh, in free agency and the draft. So I would hope that that is. It's definitely going to be better than it was last year, especially the left tackle spot where they were just cycling guys in and out last year. That should be sturdied up. And then, you know, Kevin Stefanski coming in from Minnesota, I really like his scheme for Cleveland. And, you know, I actually said it was funny last year during a Vikings game. I don't even remember which Viking game it was, but I was watching the Vikings and they're doing all the play action and they run heavy, but it's a lot of short passes. And then maybe they take a shot once in a while under Kevin Stefanski's offense. And I remember texting uh, we had one of the group messages with, with Todd, I remember, and I'm like, this is the exact style that the Browns need with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and some of their deep threat wide receivers. Right. And then they, they hire Kevin Stefanski. So I think that works out well for them. Like then, and the other thing is too, like, okay, like we're going to find out this year, like is Baker a gamer or not? Like yeah. if Baker is going to be anything in this league, this is a year where he has to do something. Otherwise he's going to go off his rookie deal and take a backup job probably somewhere. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it's one of make it's a make or break year. I think Baker is, you know, he's he's kind of a tool a lot of the time. I wouldn't yeah. say kind of, he's really a tool a lot of the time. <laughs> but I think he likes to compete and I think he understands the moment he's in. And not only that, but I like the pieces around him and the coaches around him. So I think Baker is my, my second QB sleeper. Okay. So we gotta talk about the other side. QB bust. Mm. I'll I'll kick this one off. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is who I have. And if you've been playing fantasy over the last few years, this really shouldn't be a surprise to you. But yeah. off of name recognition alone, Aaron Rodgers seems to always have like pretty high draft rank amongst QBs and people ex who expect him to be a starter. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is a fringe QB one at this point of his career. Yeah. And for that, because of that, or the reason for that is because of the emergence of Aaron Jones, 
uh, and the Packers running game and, and Jamal Williams, they became a run heavy offense over the last couple of years. Um, and it's worked. They've won games that way. Um, and the Packers have been pretty good um, yeah. over the last over, at least last year they were, you know, with that style of play um, where they didn't rely on Aaron Rodgers so much. So, you know, he, as far as yards per attempt, he hasn't finished better than 16th in that category since 2014. So that's six years. And he hasn't had more than 26 passing touchdowns since 2016. So, you know, to, to me, especially for where right now he's going around 169 in his draft rank, I think that's a bit high for someone who is pretty much guaranteed not to throw more than 25 touchdowns, 26 yeah. touchdowns, and someone who doesn't necessarily throw the ball down the field a lot. Um, and is also in a pretty run-heavy offense or an offense that's becoming more run-heavy at least. So yeah. I, if if I'm looking for a QB in the draft, I think there's a lot of better options um, than Aaron Rodgers. I, honestly, if you're drafting Aaron Rodgers, you should really be looking to draft him as a backup in my opinion. Yeah, especially in the one one QB leagues, I think, I think he's a backup now. Yeah. Um, and – you know, that's that's part on his decline. And you know, it's also like there's a lot of really good quarterbacks right now. Uh, quarterbacks are deep. Like, you know, guys that I would call sleepers are ranked in the, you know, top 20. Like, there, there's a lot of – there's just a lot of guys. Really, really one through 20. I mean, even if you go to ESPN, like, Goff is the 20th ranked quarterback. Roethlisberger, 16th. I wasn't yeah. going to name as a, him as a sleeper, but I do really like Big Ben. All right, so my first buzz, and, like, I'm just talking guys who are ranked, like, top 10, uh, maybe t- maybe top 15, I guess, who I think are going to really bust this year. Uh, I think I think Dak Prescott, it's tough right now. I, I would not draft Dak Prescott. There's so much uncertainty. Uh, yes, he's playing for a new deal. Uh, yes, sometimes that – makes guys perform better. doesn't always make guys perform better. Um, There's just – here's the thing. They do have weapons. New offense this year. How interested is he going to be in new offense, knowing he might be out of there in a year? Uh, And I've I've just never been a big Dak guy, really. I've never been a big Dak guy. I think he's – I think he's average. He's an average quarterback. That's, you know – and maybe for fantasy, he's better than average. He's ranked fourth on ESPN's. Uh, pre-draft rankings for quarterbacks but like so if he's ranked fourth Deshaun Watson's ranked lower than him Russell Wilson's ranked lower than him like I can't see that I I don't think Dak Prescott is a top five this year and really I could probably name 10 guys I think I'd start over him so I'm I'm expecting a a fall off from Dak this year agreed I've never really been big on Dak Prescott either um, again, I, I also, I agree. He's an average quarterback with excellent weapons and yeah. an incredible offensive line. So that kind of stuff helps. Um, and fantasy wise, he, he's better than average. Um, yes. and I certainly wouldn't take him in the top five, which is weird because he can give you top five production with that offense. And then they added CD lamb. So he's going to have you know, more than enough weapons. weapons. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have more than enough weapons, but um, I would really, I don't know. In my opinion, I think he's like 
more in the five to seven to really seven to 10 range of QBs this year. Um, And mostly because of his situation in Dallas. So I agree there. Mm -hmm. Um, The other guy I had was Josh Allen and Josh Allen to me is another overrated quarterback. Um, So, and, and actually I don't think our Aaron Rodgers is an overrated quarterback. I just think, his situation doesn't require him to be as elite as he used to be. Josh Allen is actually overrated um, like Dak Prescott, not quite as much as Dak Prescott, but he's overrated. A lot of his fantasy value comes from running. um, And the more your QB runs, the less you really like it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. as, as far as like a a fan and a coach um, and especially when your QB is starting to hit his, his prime per se. So um, I do like that they added Stefan Diggs. I think that gives him, you know, another good weapon. Um, but again, the Bills are another run-heavy offense. They're a team yep. that uh, runs more than they throw. So, and they added more depth at the running back position, you know, along with Devin Singletary. Um, so, to me, fantasy-wise, another guy that's going higher than what he probably should is Josh Allen. So I think Josh Allen is in for a bust year. Yeah. And, you know, I think really the only thing that makes him fantasy desirable is the rushing yards. Exactly. Um, and I don't think the teams are going to allow – man, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's as good a runner as what the numbers show him to be. Um, I, I think that it's just a lot of times people aren't expecting him to run maybe. And he – Breaks out of the pocket and nobody's looking, and there he goes for the 25 yards. Right. Um, I, I think that that takes a fall off because teams are going to start game planning. Okay, let's let's contain with our DNs. Let's make sure that he can't escape the pocket. Like, make him beat us with his arm. And I don't think he can do that. I don't think that he has the arm. Like, I don't think he's accurate at all. Uh, he's top 10 on this list I'm looking at, and I, I, I can't see that at all. No. Um, okay, so here's my other one. Well, let me just say, before I give my pick here, okay, Lamar Jackson is going to – Okay. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Hold on. I think that's fair. I think that's fair if you're talking about uh, people expecting Lamar Jackson MVP. Because, like, that's – that the and the numbers that he put up last year, those are hard to replicate, right? It's hard to replicate, and, like, we've seen this – We've seen this formula before with quarterbacks. Yeah. And, like, and I'm not saying that he's not special. He is very special. And he's probably better than all the guys that I'll list here and say, you know, they did it this way and it didn't work out more than one season. Like, he's probably better than all those guys. Right. But, like, NFL defensive coordinators tend to figure stuff out um, when you can't use a certain part of the field. He cannot throw outside the numbers. He can't do it. it he's – you know, whatever. He throws a deep ball. Nice. He does. But, like, I'm just talking, like, if you if you said, like, hey, run a 15-yard out route, and he has to throw it to the sideline, I don't think that he completes that pass, like, very often, hardly ever. Like, he just can't do it right now. Maybe he'll get better. Maybe he'll improve. And I, and I expect him to. I mean, he's a, he's a competitor. He'll probably get better at that stuff. But as of right now, he can't do it. So, that's why I think you know, as teams learn more about him, which they have had a full year of tape now, yeah. um, and, and and also when teams have 
extended time to prepare and know that they're going to face him. Like in the playoffs, for instance, they tend to do better against him. And when things get cold and he can't throw outside the numbers, like that creates an issue. I'm not yeah, saying Lamar's so. not great. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not even going to list him as my bus quarterback because I don't think he's a fantasy bus just because of their running. He's going to get his points. Um, and he's going to be a top – he's going to be a top five. I can't see him being worse than top five. So I, I can't call him a bust for that. Uh, my other one is Tom Brady. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Tom? Yeah, okay. Tom Brady – and here's why. he He's ranked ninth at the list I'm looking at here in quarterbacks. Um, I just don't think that he's – I don't think he's good. I don't think he's good anymore. He's a – he is an average to below average quarterback. If I had to put him in a percentile of quarterbacks right now, I'd put him in the 50 to 75th uh, percentile. That's what, that's where I would put him. And I don't think that the weapons that he has, he does have great weapons. He's going to have Mikey Evans and, and Chris Godwin and, um, you know, Rashad Perryman. He's going to have weapons and Gronk who, you know, again, another guy here, I wouldn't touch him in my fantasy draft either because I don't, I just don't know what playing time he's even going to get. He hasn't played football in a year plus. Right. Uh, so um, not going to give, I don't want to give too much gambling advice here, but my gambling guru Taylor tells me that under 600 yards for Rob Gronkowski is the lock of the century. So maybe, maybe I'll put something in on that. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just don't know. And that like, he's in a Bruce Arians offense, which Bruce Arians offense can be very good for fantasy yeah. Or it can be very bad. And, and when you can't make all the throws anymore and you have no mobility and, you know, you, you have good mobility inside the pocket, not what you used to have, though. Right. Um, and, like, he, Bruce Arians, here's the thing, too. His, his offensive playbook involves a lot of, you know, long – not long passes, per se, but long development plays right yep. so the routes take five seconds just to get into the break um you know like and brady's not the guy he never has been the guy to just wait in that pocket until it happens like he's he wants to do it quick he wants to get it out he wants to get out of his hands and then move on he doesn't like taking hits um if a guy's close to sacking him he probably he usually just falls or throws it away i don't know how it's going to work and it's tough. Like, we've seen this with Bruce Arians. Usually guys in the first season of Bruce Arians' offenses struggle mightily. Um, I, Tom Brady obviously is the GOAT, so maybe he's the exception exception to the rule. But he's 40-plus. I don't think he's a top-10 quarterback. Not for me anyway. Great. I mean, Tom Brady can go one of two ways. We could see that bounce back mm-hmm. where he does end up top-10. Or I think you're right. There could There's lots of bust potential there because there's so many unknowns. Yeah. Um, so I feel you there. Let's move on to running backs, and we're going to talk about some sleepers here. Um, I'm going to kick this one off again because I have someone I really like, which is Cam Akers, the rookie second-round mm-hmm. pick to the Los Angeles Rams uh, from Florida State. Five ten two seventeen runs a four four seven. Um, Todd Gurley out of the picture. Obviously, he went to Atlanta. I really like Acres to take over this backfield. Um, now we're gonna have to see what happens in training camps, um, but this is what makes him a sleeper. I think you can get him in later rounds and end up getting RB two caliber production eventually, especially if he can get the goal line work. Yeah. Um, and it's a wide open backfield. And to be, and if we're being honest, if the Rams really had a lot of faith in Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson, 
I don't think they take Cam Akers in the second round, right? Absolutely. And uh, those two guys had their chances to, like, prove themselves. Like, they were really high on Daryl Henderson going into last year, and he was supposed to be the second guy to Todd Mm -hmm. Gurley, who was Mm -hmm. expected to take that big, you know, cut off of his usage, which they did. But it was really more Malcolm Brown. And then Malcolm Brown kind of started to fade, and, you know, neither of those guys really showed up. And it still ended up being the Todd Gurley show, just not the Todd Gurley we were used to. I think Cam Akers has a great opportunity to come into a backfield that is – murky to, at best you know what i mean two backs that can't be trusted i don't think right um, and establish himself as the starter and the rams have proven that they'll feed a, a workhorse back if they have one so oh yeah you know and and young running backs are always the kind of running backs that you want so because they have the freshest of legs so cam Akers definitely look out for in your drafts i like cam Akers a lot I really like Cam Akers. Um, here, here's my my first guy, uh, and I'll go with a Patriot here. Not not named Cam Newton. I think Sonny Michelle, because of uh, the way that the Pats are going to play this year. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be run heavy, and it's it's gonna be a lot of those options where you know guys might think Cam has the ball, and then Sonny breaks one. He you know he's pretty explosive through the hole, like. I think that he probably was a disappointment to a lot of guys uh, last year. Uh, yeah, but you know, he, me he, included. He, you included. He he doesn't he doesn't catch the ball ever. He doesn't. He's not a pass catcher, and they have James White for that, so they're not looking for that out of him. Uh, but I just think like the lines improved. Cam Newton is going to create some space just from being there, even if he's not running at all. He's just going to create some space where guys are looking at him, and they're not, you know. Because before it was, I think last year what happened to Sonny Michelle a lot was, oh, Sonny Michelle's in the game? They must – are going to run it now. James White's in the game? Oh, they're going to pass it now. Well, now, like, it might be the same – while it might be the same thing where when the Pats line up and they say, oh, Sonny Michelle's in the game, they're going to run it. James White's in, they're going to pass it. Well, now they also have Cam Newton. So it's like, yeah, they're maybe going to run it. They're probably going to run it here with Sonny Michelle. Uh, in the game, but Cam Newton is also there. So I can't give all of my attention to Sonny Michelle. I think that was happening a lot last year. So he's my first uh, sleeper for running backs. I like Sonny Michelle. Do I, I do like him a lot. Um, I also like Matt Breida, mm. uh, who recently traded to the Dolphins out of that cluttered San Francisco backfield. Um, not a lot of competition for him. Yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't be the lead back. He's a sleeper because he has issues staying healthy, though. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the one thing you worry about with Matt Breida. So, like, don't reach for him. But if he's available in your later rounds, you know, there's no reason not to take him. Um, mm-hmm. He's, on a per-touch basis, very effective. Um, he can catch out of the backfield as well. Um, oh, he's yeah. an explosive guy. Um, you'll likely, you know, if he does – thrust himself into, you know, maybe RB2 category. I don't know about that, but he could be a high-end flex. But if he does overachieve, you'll want to make sure you have any kind of handcuff for him, though, because um, it's likely that there's going to be a game that he misses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my my second running back sleeper here, you know, like there's like so many guys in the running back – Running backs are so cluttered. It's almost hard. It's hard because, you know, like 
I don't know, 28 out of 30 teams are, are running back by committee nowadays. Yes. Um, but, you know, one guy, one guy I do like is Darius Geis from Washington. Uh, you know, he was a rookie last year and high expectations was yeah. hurt pretty much the whole year. I think he came in maybe one or two games there and played really nice. And then he maybe got hurt again and, you know, wasn't able to finish, but, uh, you know, hey, like high expectations. I think Washington, Ron Rivera is going to be in there now. I think they're going to want that, you know, great and grind and run the ball a lot. Uh, and I don't know if they fully trust any quarterback on their roster, Dwayne Haskins, or, you know, it looks like Alex Smith is suddenly making a uh, making a strong comeback here. He looks really good apparently. But even if he's the quarterback, they're still going to be run heavy. Yeah. Uh, so I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Darius Geis was a guy who gets you like 15 to 20 touches a game. And really nowadays, like that's probably what you're looking for. Absolutely. Is that that'd be a good sweet spot. So I, I like Darius Geis. Yeah. Um, I liked him last year and I got burned. Um, hmm. Cause last year he was, was his second year in the league, but gotcha, his yeah. rookie, his rookie year was missed because the ACL. And then he did play like a game, got hurt came back mm-hmm. off of the, you know, that the IR list at the end of the season, had some big gains and then got hurt again. So yep, yep, yep. absolutely sleeper. And again, because of injuries, um, but the talent is obviously there. Anyone who's yeah. watched him play, even in the limited amount of time with the Redskins, anyone who's watched him play knows that it's there. Yeah. So, yeah, but if he, if he's my, if he's my running, if he's my third running back, on my roster. Oh yeah, probably, absolutely. Then I think I'm like, okay, I'll take a flyer. If I have two guys, if I have two guys that I know are are, are not going to be injury prone, I'm like, okay, well I'll take Darius guys and and hopefully he becomes this healthy guy. Maybe he becomes a flex starter for you. Yeah, exactly. So, got to talk about the other side, running back bus. Mm-hmm. A guy who. I think is good is a good player, but is certainly going to see a downturn this year as Marlon Mack um, in a yeah. contract year. And even though he's in a run heavy offense, um, he was actually top 10 in carries and rushing touchdowns last year. He has no passing game involvement whatsoever. So in PPR leagues, his value is already hurt uh, in that case. And then the Colts, because he's in a contract year draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Right, and you have to think that someone drafted that highly is going to cut into the the running back carries because Jonathan Taylor's a Jonathan Taylor is a similar back. Um, he's not like someone that you would expect to be as far as his role. He's not someone that you would expect to like get receiving work. So the work he's going to cut in isn't going to be like Naeem Himes. You know, it's right. going to be Marlon Max. Um, goal line touches may go away, which is. You know, for someone who doesn't catch the ball, you're a little touchdown dependent on good games. Mm-hmm. And even in his last two years, he's been over 900 yards and eight touchdowns. He still hasn't finished top 20 in fantasy. So, uh, because of, mostly because of injury, he misses games. So, I think, especially if you're talking long term, this year isn't the year for Marlon Mack. Maybe depending on where he ends up, because I think almost a given that he's not going to be back with the Colts next year. Um, you know, maybe, maybe take a look at him in 2021, but this year um, Marlon Mack is going to be a bust. In my opinion, look yeah. for Jonathan Taylor. If you're in dynasty leagues though, that very big upside there. Yeah. Um, I do like that. I like that pick. Um, and it sucks because I love Marlon Mack. I, I really yeah, thought me too. Marlon Mack was awesome. And he was really good last year, but you know, obviously 
it's more to this than what just happens on the field and his contract's going to be up. So they drafted a, a new guy and probably they're going to be splitting time this year. And then maybe Taylor will be the guy after that. Um, I've got a couple, couple busts at running back. There's always seem this is probably the most bust, uh, bust, bust expected position. Like Absolutely. They're, usually they're most guys, you know, your, your, your chances of busting on a running back are probably higher than anybody else. Um, here, here's a guy, and, you know, he almost is, is, is rising. He rose a lot from last year to this year on the rankings. And I just don't think it's going to happen. And at risk of offending Cooper, I got Miles Sanders here. I, I think he's ranked too high. Mm. Um, running back seven on this list. I'm looking at going for $45 in auction drafts. That's high. And he's pretty unproven. And here's the thing about Philly and the Doug Peterson, uh, offenses that they run, like they're they're pretty heavily uh, running back by committee. They, you know, it seems like they always have two, at, or at least two or three backs that are cycling in and out. Uh, I'm not as high on Miles Sanders. I, you know, if he if he's there, if I'm drafting in a snake draft and he's there in the third round, yeah, I'll take him. But I'm not I'm not spending a first or a second round pick. On Miles, and I just think there's a lot of uncertainty. And when you're talking about running backs, uncertainty is is the enemy. I think I think uncertainty yeah. is is the enemy. We don't know if he's going to get 20 touches a game, or if we don't know if he's coming off an injury, and we're not sure uh, the extent, or, or even you know Saquon was fighting injury last year. Um, so he he's my first he's my first bust. My second one, I wouldn't, you know, this is not really a bust, quote-unquote, uh, from where he's being drafted right now, but it is just a guy who I think is going to take a huge step back from last year, uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah. They just got so many guys in Baltimore. And I think Mark Ingram is great, but they just have so many guys. And and uh, J.K. Dobbins is is awesome. I think that he's – by, by the end of the season, I think J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be – the go-to back and you might see marking or more in just like goal line situations, which maybe, you know, if you're in a deeper league could help you in fantasy, but uh, yeah. I expect a, a, a huge step back from Mark Ingram, unfortunately, because he was so good last year. I'm not, I'm not even sure why they drafted Dobbins just for depth really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark Ingram's getting up there in age too. So, you know, that, mm-hmm. that plays a factor for sure. And, and JK Dobbins was a fairly high pick for the Ravens. So always yeah. caused a pause there. I got Todd Gurley. And it's because I'm sick of Todd Gurley burning me in fantasy. That's simple mm. as that. <laughs> um, I think I had him in 2016. I think that was – it was like his rookie or sophomore year with yeah. the Rams, and they were – he was awful, they were awful, and he burned me. And then last year, coming off of two incredible seasons, I took him in the first round, despite all the cautions, and yep. he burned me. So – um, I th- th- all those problems are still there, um, you know, as far as his health, you know, his, his knee issues didn't go away because it wasn't just, you know, a, a bad injury. He's got like mm-hmm. tendonitis and stuff like that. Like he has legitimate long-term issues in those knees. He's going to an Atlanta team. Offensive line isn't great. Um, even though he's going to be the lead back for sure. I don't know who really takes touches from him in that backfield, but you know, it's not the most, he's not the most efficient ball carrier anymore. Like he used to be Yeah. Um, last year. He was super touchdown dependent. Um, so, I mean, he's an RB two 
But right now he's going in around draft rank 37th overall. So mm-hmm. you're looking at in the first four rounds. I don't necessarily like him there. I think I think you can do better. I think I'd take Cam Akers over before I take Todd Gurley in, in a draft this year. Maybe I'm oh, reaching. Oh, wow. Nah, nah, nah. Okay, that's a reach. That's a reach. Let me backpedal. But wow. I, I'd I seriously think, consider it. No, I think I think if you just looked at – I think if you polled 100 people, they may say that's a reach. But here's the thing. like, I think Cam Akers is just as likely to give you like big-time production this year yeah. As Todd Gurley is. And Todd Gurley, here's the thing, like he might have arthritis in his knee. Yeah. That was which, the word I was looking for. I don't know, like I don't know. Coop, I'm not a doctor. Are you are you you're not a doctor, right? No, uh, not at all. Is arthritis in your knee good for a running back, you think? No, no. I, I think that. that's probably bad, right? Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, that's that's really bad. So I I, I I've been off of a Todd Gurley for two years now, but yeah, yeah. I'm definitely off of Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we're going to finish up here with wide receiver Uh sleepers and bus. And Mike, I'm going to get you excited with my first sleeper pick. Deontay Johnson. You, I was going to pick him. I was going to pick (laughs) I love that pick. I love that pick too. As the resident Steelers fan. um, I don't even know. He's almost because of where his uh, draft position is steadily going up. I don't even know if we can call him a sleeper anymore, but I mean, he was really good, man, as a rookie last year with bad quarterback play. So you you get Ben Roethlisberger back yeah. in the mix. That bodes well for him, you know, going forward. So I really like Deontay Johnson. Um, I think Juju has a bounce back year as well. I think the whole Steelers offense has a bounce back year with a healthy Big Ben. So yeah, Deontay Johnson, absolutely. Talking my language, man. I like that a lot. <laughs> Uh, I was I was I was really gonna pick Deontay Johnson, and I was waiting to say, you know, you guys are waiting for my bias to come out. Well, here it is. <laughs> I don't have to do that now uh, because you took him, and I think I, I definitely I like him a lot. Um, I, I think that he's a guy who, you know, because of Ben coming back, it's just gonna help so much on that Steelers offense. I think everybody's draft stock goes way up. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully Ben can stay healthy as a Steelers fan. Hopefully he can, he can stay healthy. Uh, first sleeper I got, what about Debo Samuel in uh, San Francisco? He, I like that. He's just like, I think, I don't even know if, if, if Kyle Shanahan last year figured out all the right ways to use him, uh, if that makes sense. And I think Kyle Shanahan probably can figure out more ways to use him. He's a very smart guy. And he's almost like a Swiss army knife or, he can he can take end of rounds. He can go deep. He re, he's actually a really good route runner as well. Um, so so I think that they're going to be focused more on him this year. I think last year they were kind of busy with like trying to win every game and eventually make the Super Bowl to actually find ways to work him in to the game plan. I think if you know you give Shanahan the offseason here to to find out ways to use him because I think at the end of the day, he, because he is so athletic and he's got such good feet, like they're going to find out ways to get him the ball. I'm not sure there's anybody on the offense. I guess maybe George Kittle, if we're talking about tight ends who I want with the ball in my hands on San Francisco more than Debo Samuel Uh, and Matt Breida probably would be the other one that that you mentioned there, but I think they find out ways to, to get him the ball a lot this year. Agreed. My second sleeper, 
kind of goes hand in hand with one of my QB picks. Julian Edelman. Yeah, 34 years old. No yep. more Tom Brady. Yep. All legitimate reasons not to draft Julian Edelman this year. However, if you have faith in Cam Newton this year, why wouldn't you have faith in who's likely going to be his number one target, Julian Edelman? Especially, yeah. this is strictly for PPR, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is strictly PPR sleeper. So, you know, and Cam Newton, I think in a year where he's getting used to an offense, will look for a security blanket. And mm-hmm. Julian Edelman could see his same target share. Yeah. You know, and that's really what matters for him. He's he's never going to be a guy who racks up a ton of touchdowns or a ton of yards because he doesn't stretch the field. Um, but he st- certainly could still see the same volume, which is what you want to chase, right, in fantasy yeah. football. Yep, so, yep, yep. PPR you know, just want the targets, yeah. Exactly. He's, he's just inside the top 100 and as far as his draft rank right now. I think he's going around 96th. So I think you could probably get him later than that in some drafts. So – I don't know. It's just someone I would say look out for in mid to late rounds of your draft. Yeah, yeah, and he he's just a, such a safe pick as well. Even you know, even if he isn't like gets you twenty a game, like he's just safe. Like he's going to get four or five catches every game. And if you're in PPR and if you're in a deeper league where you have a couple guys playing, like he's just always worth a roster spot, especially when you get into the bye weeks and stuff like that. And we don't know games are going to be postponed some weeks, so uh, I I like. Edelman, yeah. Uh, my other one is T. Higgins, rookie for uh, Cincinnati. I don't know what they're going to be doing with A.J. Green this year um, yeah. and how much he's going to actually play for them. Uh, Tyler Boyd seems like probably they're almost working him out of the equation. Uh, probably they like him more than A.J. Green to be in the equation. But I think T. Higgins, they're going to try to build this T. Higgins and, and Joe Burrow connection. And T. Higgins is like a big physical guy. He'll be a big target for Joe Burrow. I think young guys, young quarterbacks like that big target. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if T. Higgins gets you like five catches. And I'm not like he's not going to be the big play guy, probably. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably never be a you know break one for eighty yards like off a screen pass or something. But you know if he if he gets you like four catches for fifty yards week in and week out, like I think that's solid. I think that's solid in a lot of leagues and. Uh, I, I think that he. I think that would be, that would be a lower expectation for me. Really, he's got potential to be in the you know catching seven for one ten, you know, and, and a big red zone target as well. So, T. Higgins would be my second sleeper. Great. So we're going to cap it off today with our wide receiver bust. My first guy is another one who goes hand in hand with one of my quarterback bust picks, and uh, it's Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And how often do you really see a receiver go to a new team and like have immediate success? Right. And especially when you don't have a ton of faith in his quarterback. Um, now some, some upside that he does have is Stefan Diggs stretches the field and Josh Allen throws deep, but he also yeah. has John Brown to do that too. So it's, and again, run heavy offense, which is, kind of what Diggs's problem was last year, right? Was he was frustrated with the amount of looks he was getting. Now they're not as run heavy as the Vikings, of course, but you know, still an mm-hmm. issue. Um, the volume isn't necessarily going to be super high. Um, so for someone going into the top six rounds right now in 10 team leagues, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a stretch for me. 
Um, especially for a guy, I think he's like a wide receiver three this year, maybe next year, you know, you see the progression of Josh Allen, see that that's going to have a lot to do with it. If there's progression there, then maybe next year, or if you get him super late, then of course, yeah. You know, take a shot at him if he's in rounds eight or nine and still available. Yeah, obviously. But, and in the top six rounds, I'm not taking Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Um, I, I'm totally off Stefan Diggs as well. I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not a Josh Allen guy. And if you're not a Josh Allen guy, it's hard to get behind Stefan Diggs, especially when, Stephon Diggs wants to go deep, and Josh Allen ain't really good at throwing it deep or yeah. really anywhere. But um, <laughs> so, so I'm, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, you know, and so I, I talked about Brady and how I think he plays. I, I think I, I don't know if I would touch. I don't know if I'm touching Godwin or Mike Evans this year. Um, I, I just don't. Tr- I, they're amazing. They're so good. Both of them are. I just don't trust it. I do not. I just don't trust it. I'm not saying that they're not going to have great. They might have great years. I just think that it's a high risk to take either one of those guys. And Brady, what have we seen the last couple of years? Like he don't really throw it down the field. He, he doesn't throw it far. You know, he hardly throws it more than 20 yards down the field. Uh, and certainly not consistently. Yeah. Bruce Arians is going to ask him to do that probably. These receivers yeah. are going to probably ask him to do that. I don't think he likes doing that. I don't think he likes it. I, I, I am, and it's certainly going to take some adjusting anyway. Um, so I'm not saying that they're going to be busts. I'm not saying that. I'm sure that they'll both be in the top 30 as a minimum. And, you know, if, if Brady is the guy here that, that people are thinking he might end up as, then, yeah, I think that they're going to have great years and they might both be top five receivers uh, again. Um, but, uh, but I think, but, but my thing is, I think there's just too much risk and, you know, you talk about snake drafts, like if they're both going in the first round, I'm not taking them. I'm not spending my first round pick because then essentially I'm saying if I, if I spend my first round pick on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, I'm essentially saying I trust Tom Brady, you know, 40 plus year old Tom Brady with, with my first round pick here. And I don't, I don't really feel comfortable with that. Uh, I just don't. Agreed. I I would be – I'm more concerned about Chris Godwin than Mike Evans. Yeah. Because um, I think Tom Brady likes a big target. So I think Mike Evans will be okay. I would be yeah. hesitant to take him in the first round as well, though. But, I yeah, I'm, I'm more nervous on Chris Godwin um, in that case. So my other receiver bust is Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. Um, who a lot of people are high on, especially after Emmanuel Sanders left last year. And he did well. Um, I think he ended up finishing top 20 in fantasy last year. So pretty good. My issue is they added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, two guys who I like a lot. Um, They were both of those guys went in the first and third round, I believe. So pretty high investments. I would assume you can expect to see playing time from them. Um, and that's going to cut in. I think that cuts into his usage, especially Jerry Judy. I'm really high on, on Jerry Judy uh, just as a receiver in general. So that could be, you know, he could end up being the guy that kind of outsigns Cortland Sutton, even though he's been the guy that's there. I don't know. Um, but I'm also not super excited about Drew Locke. Yeah. Know, like I, I think he's a big question mark. A even lot of people like, really like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't see it. 
I mean, not that I don't I don't watch a ton of Broncos games, but like he hasn't lit the world on fire yet. So there's potential there, I guess. I don't think he's awful, but he's a question mark at the end of the day. We don't really know what he is. So, um, you know, those kind of – and then, you know, a tight end, I really like is Noah Fant. So there's a lot of weapons there, and they added Melvin Gordon. So there's weapons there, man. Um, yeah. And you chase volume in, in fantasy football. I don't know that he's quite going to get the volume that he got last year with these new additions that they have. No, I agree. I agree um, with with that. And the Broncos are just a really interesting team, I think. I mean, they they've got a lot of storylines going on there. And Drew Locke is the big question mark. Seems like they're – whatever. I mean, John Elway has a long documented history of – being wrong on quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see with yeah. Drew Locke. I think he's he's got some of the most potential that that he's had there. Yeah, agreed. All right. Um, second bust for me, just to, just to, you know, and I, again, Godwin and Evans, don't don't get read too far in that. But I, I'm not I'm not trusting. Okay. Uh, T.Y. Hilton for me. I've never been a big T.Y. guy. I'm just never really – I just don't always like taking someone who's like kind of reliant on the deep ball. Yeah. Right? Same. Uh, and like Phil Rivers is going to be the guy in Indy now. So I think Phil Rivers is still good. Not really. Uh, average they at should. best probably, right? I, I think they should have rocked out with Jacoby. Because Jacoby was probably yeah, – I, I mean, Jacoby struggled in the side. second half of the year. It seemed like – but it was after he got hurt, and then he tried to come back from the injury probably too soon. Right. And and he didn't play that well. I I would have rocked out with Jacoby. I think signing Rivers is more of a – his name is Phil Rivers. Yep, absolutely. Let's get people ex- – we're not going to win the Super Bowl with Brissett. We're not going to win the Super Bowl with Rivers. Let's get people excited and sell tickets or whatever. But they have a good team around them, uh, obviously. They're one of the highest-rated offensive lines, and they're going to have Mack and Taylor, which we talked about. I just don't think the game that T.Y. plays, um, I don't like it with Phil Rivers. Like, I think other guys on the Colts have a, have a shot. Like, other receivers probably will fit better with, with Rivers, but it's not T.Y. Hilton for me. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our sleepers and busts at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver positions. Um, it was great, man, to talk some fantasy football. I, I yeah. hope we have football this year. Me too. Um, as long as it's safe. Obviously, I don't want them ha- having a season at the expense of the players, but hopefully they can find out some way to safely yeah. know, get these guys out there like the NBA did. Um, we had another round of positive COVID testing, which is another sign that social distancing, mask wearing, and staying home works. <laughs> I'm so, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Science, right? Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we uh, want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. Uh, remember, uh, we have some new shows coming out soon. I believe Real Deal Radio dropping this Friday. Um, expected. We definitely have All In Politics coming. Um, and don't forget to check out the latest and greatest of the Rain and Bliss podcast uh, as well. All available on the All In Network YouTube channel. Yep. Um, you can find their podcast feeds on our website at allinnetwork.net. And we still have merch out. Go grab some merch, hoodies, yep. T-shirts, stuff like that. All that helps support the podcast and helps keep us going. 
Um, and also the other podcasts on our network, um, rain and bliss also have merch out as well. So make sure you check out their stuff. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, head over to Apple, Spotify, um, Google podcasts, all those other places, um, and download the episode. Downloads are as important as plays. So, uh, go ahead, give a download there as well. Anyway, you can help support the podcast. We truly appreciate it. Yep. Yes, Mike, we do. Any last words? Last words would be subscribe people. Subscribe, subscribe, tell your friends, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and follow us, follow us on Twitter at all underscore in underscore pod. Yeah. So, uh, we're also on Twitter. I mean, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, all in network, um, on Instagram, all one word. So follow us on social media, get updates about our shows, stuff like that. Uh, but again, thank you guys for being all in with us. This is another episode of the all in podcast and we will see you guys again on Monday. Peace guys.